Hey, welcome to season two of the Change Today podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Akila Kade, founder of Change Today, a diversity consulting firm making sure women, people of color, and underserved communities feel safe and can be their best selves in the workplace. Kade is my last name, and in French, it means soldier. So we talk about how people are soldiers of change, personally or professionally. This season, we have great guests sharing their story with you, and I'm so happy that you've decided to come back and share another season with me. Remember to like and subscribe so that you know when all of the new episodes are coming up, and I really appreciate your support. So let's take it away and enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to the Change K podcast. Today, I'm excited to have yet another amazing guest. If you haven't figured out, all the guests that I have are amazing, and that's intentional in design. Um, today, we have Anna Lugo, who is um, doing amazing things in Santa Clara County, but um, she'll tell you she's destined to be a world leader president one day. So Anna, tell everyone about yourself. Yes, uh, my name is Anna Lugo and um, I'd love to be in Santa Clara County, um, but I am Wait, in Sonoma County. Sonoma, my bad. <laughs> this is her heart. <laughs> you are in Sonoma County, land of all the things farmland, as well as yes. fancy ass shit when it comes to the wine industry. <laughs> very very expensive county um thanks in part to our tourism industry and our wine industry which are amazing and also um I think I also get the hard task of reminding our local leaders that while it's amazing we also need to make sure it's equitable right and so the backbone of our community are many times people of color and uh undocumented people and so we can't just exploit them. We have to make sure that we're also uh, protecting them and honoring the labor that they give us so that we can have such a thriving county. Mm-hmm. And so that introduction probably tells you a lot about who I am and um, what I do. I am a young, kick-ass woman of color. Yeah. Um, I was born in Mexico. I came to this country at the age of 12. Uh, I come from a line of very hardworking women who have faced a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot. Um, and I think that if that's done anything for me, that's that it's been led to let me know that I can do anything I set my mind to, that I can persevere. But most importantly, Akila, that I have a responsibility, right? Yes. I am standing on the shoulders of not just the women in my family, but many women who have suffered a lot for you and I to be here today. Mm-hmm. And so that that's a big responsibility for me to leave this world just a little better than I found it and hopefully create safety for the next generations to come yeah. of young women so that they never have to feel the fear or the abuse that many of us have to face. Yes, well said. Per usual. I'm also... <laughs> <laughs> I'm also the founder of Equity First Consulting, and I, a diversity, equity, and belonging um, strategy firm. And I do a lot of work with nonprofit, government, um, coaching, as you know, a lot of pro bono coaching. <laughs> <laughs> well, not um, But I get to do what I... W- what I love to do, which is to help make this world a better place and to actually create a structural and systemic change. Um, and also to get to work with really amazing people and to get to decide who I get to work, who I work with and who I don't. Right. Right. And I think that I'll say that's one of the most inspiring things I've learned from you. It's really learning to stay in, to stand in my own true power and to say, these are my values and I'm not going to compromise them. Right. So that's who I am. Well, thanks for for that compliment. Um, so many questions to ask you, but the the first one I want to ask you is: How are you a change today? How are you a soldier of change in your life? You've alluded to some of it already. I I did some reflecting on this question, <laughs> and uh, I'll preface it by saying that um, as we talked about earlier, last week was my birthday. 
Yeah. I'm a proud Aries. And I think that anyone who meets me and knows my sign knows that that is a very shitting sign for me. Um, I feel about being a Virgo. Right. It's real. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was telling my therapist actually last week about, I have so much love in my life that I almost feel guilty having so much. Wow. And, um, and I, you know, I was, I was doing, as you know, I do a radio show. And so I was talking to my co-host and a therapist who we invited to do the radio show. And so I was telling them, I was like, I feel like doing a PSA to, for people being like, I'm not as great as you think I am. Right. <laughs> and they're like, no, you are. And so what I meant to say was, I know I'm great and I work really hard at it. And until you truly know me as a full person and know that I have many flaws, right? Mm-hmm. And that I'm constantly learning, then I feel like you don't know me yet. Mm-hmm. And so with that is I try to walk the walk. I wake up every day and I say to myself, how am I going to walk the walk today? If what I want to do in life and what I want my life to be is to carry love into spaces that are lacking it, mm-hmm. Uh, and to expand love and to create spaces that are built on love, then how am I going to embody that? And so it's not, you know, a success every day. Right. Um, I think especially right now and really in a stressful moment, um, sometimes it's harder, you know, to really be this loving, kind person. Yes. Um, and I'll also say it's really much easier to be love and kind to friends and acquaintances and it is to family, right? <laughs> and so my family may, you know, probably has a very different perspective than my friends because we are together 24-7. And with my sisters, we've been together since, you know, I was born and they were born. Mm-hmm. Yes, so very true. I love how you talked about like continuous growth, I always say if you're living life right, you're always constantly growing and evolving and learning about yourself and how you're showing up for others, which I think is easier said than done for some people. Mm -hmm. Um, But before I forget, tell people about this uh, radio show. (laughs) Yes. So I have a radio show with my amazing friend and co-host. He's an artist and a sculptor. his name is Martin, and we have a show called Los Cincuenta, which is a bilingual show, um, and it's really designed, so Los Cincuenta stands for those who do not count or who are not usually counted, so we're talking about people on, in, on the margins, right, outside the margins of our society, um, and it's about bringing them quality information. Um, we also call it a chisme, which translates to gossip, but I would say, you know, Chisme saves lives. So, um, and it's really about talking to our Latino community uh, in Northern California about things that are happening, politics, uh, health. We're doing our show tonight is on mental health. Um, and, and, you know, I think in communities of color, sometimes corporal, corporal punishment for children tends to happen. And mm-hmm. right now is a really stressful time. So I felt it was important for us to talk about and to talk to parents about um, how to avoid that mm-hmm. um, and how to really foster compassion and love rather than frustration in this time. So frustration leads me to how we met. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Anna is part of the second cohort of the tipping Point Community Emerging Leaders Fellowship. And yes, yes make sure I got all the complete title. So the Emerging Leaders Fellowship um, was created three years ago. We're currently in cohort three. And it's designed to address the fact that executive directors are white and they're not reflecting uh-huh. the um, primarily black and brown communities that they're serving here in the, the Bay Area. And so I... Um, obviously was a facilitator for that, but I was Anna's coach. So she was yeah. frustrated <laughs> with, 
with the work she was doing. So within the eight months of the fellowship, Anna left the job in which she came into, went to another job, left that, and then started her own consulting firm, which is Equity First Consulting now. And today, I now consult, I partner and contract with um, Anna and her firm to work on the Tipping Point Fellowship. <laughs> so now um, Anna's one of the main co-facilitators. She's leading the alumni network because we have an alumni of 22 people um, soon to be 34. Wow, we're we're definitely, yeah, we are, we're growing. But the thing that I've always enjoyed about Anna is that, well, there's two things. One, Anna's very straightforward. She will be like, I don't like you, and here's why. (laughs) (laughs) Or we need to stop talking and move on or whatever the thing may be. So I I love that about you're very confident. Um, But when you came into the fellowship, you're like, I'm going to be... A world leader. I'm going to be a president. That's my plan. And it's going to happen. And it wasn't like a joke. You weren't unwavering at all. You were like, this is the plan and you have X, Y, and Z lined up. So when you left the second job from when I knew you and went into your um, consulting work now, I had no doubt that you would do well in that capacity because of what you said earlier about how you're a change today. Like, you know what you want you know who you want to work with, you know how you're going to show up, and you know you're, you know you're continuously growing um, and evolving. So do you think there is a particular time in your life where you're able to navigate fear in order to have this fearlessness that you have now to do all the things that you will do? And again, at least we have this podcast recording. So when you are this world leader, I'll be like, do you remember you were on my podcast? We worked together. <laughs> remember me. But was there a particular moment where you decided you no longer wanted to be frustrated and you wanted to be in a place where you could have influential impact and, and change the world? Yes, I think that, you know, I get to thinking back to what we talked about earlier before we started recording in terms of spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, I firmly believe that there, there, there is something out there, right? There's something bigger than us that um, has led me to where I am today. Mm-hmm. My life from the very beginning, from the very start has been one of much heartbreak and trauma, but also one of much courage and love. Mm-hmm. And, and this deep desire to figure out why the world is what it is, mm-hmm. right? And so um, all of that, there's always been new iterations of um, what I'm able to handle, right? And so then what how that makes me confident that I can get to the next step Mm -hmm. and um I think you know like you said I've had many transitions and transitions are not something that I'm super excited about but not something that I shy away from Mm -hmm. and a lot of the times this you know I always hear like the voice of white men being like your gut is not telling you know don't listen to your gut listen to your brain whatever well, white men, you're wrong. Um, truly, <laughs> I have had like this in big transitions in my life, this extreme gut feeling that I can't ignore. And in the last few years, um, this like sense of you are meant to do something else. I had never even imagined or believed or dreamt of um owning my own business that was never something that I even humored for a second and I remember a very decisive evening where I was in tears talking to my friends saying like I feel stuck I don't know what to do you know this county is so old school and so small and I don't feel like like people really can understand what I what I'm here to do And my friend was like, there's this fellowship. Why don't you apply? And um, 
then I got talked to you guys and I was like, I want to change the world. I want to be the president of Mexico one day. My fellowship? Yeah. Oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah, that was my interview. I think it was Jonathan and someone else. Yeah. And I was like, you might think I'm crazy, but this is what I want to do. And this is what I'm after. And so I would just really went, you know, all out and was very honest about who I think I want to be and what I want to grow up to be. And, um, and it was very vulnerable because I was like, there's a chance that guys may think like, oh, she's a crazy person with like a super self-inflated ego. But I was really coming from like a place of humility of like, I know I have a gift. And so if I only get one life to live, then I want to do it to the best of my ability. And I want to serve my community and I want to serve my people and I want to do right by this world. And this is how I want to do it. And then I met you and it was like this halo of like, wow, like you can be yourself, you can be your own boss and you can enjoy your work and you can work with many people. And as you know, I'm a connector. I love, you know, to connect with people. I also love to disconnect from people, you know? Yes. So um, I think that was, and then, you know, I was like, Akila did it so I can do it too. And I always think about that song that says like $5 in my pocket or something. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how this firm started, you know? Um, And I, I didn't have a huge safety net, but I knew that I could do it. I knew that if I just put one foot in front of the other, that I would. And um, I left a job that no longer felt ethical for me, right? A job that I felt that I was doing a service to my community if I stayed in just for the safety of the job. Um, So I informed in a very informed way, jumped off the cliff uh, (laughs) and found out I do have wings. So you do, you uh do. And you are soaring and gliding. I mean, well, I'm I'm glad we connected, and yes. I think that goes back to spirituality and mm-hmm. being able to listen. So for me, um, I'm not a religious person. I love Christmas gifts though, but I'm not like a religious person. <laughs> um, everyone's like Happy Easter, and I'm like it's Sunday, but you know, <laughs> like, I'm like, is there a gift involved with that? Right. I mean, there is. Up until I was about like 13, 14, I was winning with like the Easter, you know, Easter baskets. I was like all about it. Um, big fan, but no one brought me gifts. Uh, <laughs> and I believe in all types of, of like gods and stuff, but I really believe in spirits and energy. Right. Okay. And that's why spirituality does really resonate to me. So um, there are noticeable shifts that happen in your life for a reason they may feel good they may feel bad but there's a message there right of how to like navigate so just you know recapping your story getting to the point of so much frustration where you're like angry almost in tears or in tears and talking to a friend and then someone saying hey here's this fellowship for you to do you do the fellowship you're able to connect with really you know dope ass people as well Uh but um then I was able to be your coach and then foreshadowing and I'm like yeah if you want to have your own business you totally do it this is what you should do (laughs) this is how you make it work and then um when I received the whole fellowship to run it in in its entirety and like have some ownership of it Uh it's like oh well how can I how can I give you some money (laughs) right (laughs) Can I make that happen? By the way, there's a check in the mail for you today. Um, <laughs> yay. <laughs> yay. But um, the whole reason, why, the reason why I do what I do for a couple of reasons, but is to make sure that um, my actions and words match so I can um, be a role model for people. And if being a role model in a way allows people to realize that they have the capacity to do something, whatever that thing may be, something as big as starting a business or, or quitting a job or, you know, asking for what they deserve in, in the workplace or even in really, honestly, in any place, personally, professionally. That is a, um, 
is one of the best uh, compliments that I can hear uh, because all of that happens with me just being myself. And that's something I wasn't able to do in a nine to five space because I was always limited or too smart or too black or thought too fast. You can't mm-hmm. think too fast. Let's, that is a negative. <laughs> that is a negative. I'm like, didn't we already have this meeting? <laughs> like, why are we having seven meetings to figure out what we did at the first meeting? Like, that never made yeah. um, sense to me at all. But um, anyway, all that's to say, like, you know, you did a great job of, of listening to what was out there. Right? So I could have taken me being yeah. fired and just going super negative or going back into a nine to five space. But because I saw this theme and pattern and I chose to really analyze that pattern of, you know, the isms, um, to, to shift that and change that, even though this is the hardest job I've ever had running a business, it is the best job in the entire Mm -hmm. world, entire world. Yes. And I'll say, like, it's not something for everyone, obviously. I do not recommend it. I do not recommend it for everyone. It's hard to do during COVID-19. It's a, a whole new layer of, like, stress um, on top of it. Yeah. It's a, like I said to you earlier, it's a moment of, like, major surrender <laughs> and <laughs> major spiritual practice, right? Of, like, just yeah. trusting that the universe will provide and then right. taking small steps right. um, to make sure that the universe does provide. Because as they say, you know, um, you got to help yourself to be helped by the universe. And so you can't just lay in bed and then think that the universe is going to drop millions of dollars on you. Like, that's not going to happen. Wait, what? <laughs> 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 but you can do small steps and like help the universe help you. So um, I think that that's one of the other lessons, Akila. I grew up, you know, most of my professional career has been in nonprofit and activism, right? And especially in social justice activism, money is the evil, the epitome of evil, right? Capitalism, mm-hmm. we got to bring it down and all these things. Um and I had to shift my mind, my frame of mind, and I had to um, come to peace with the fact that we are, you know, operating within the framework of capitalism. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that we are evil. It just means that we have to be very thoughtful about the way in which we walk through this world and what that means that we have the privilege, right? Um, and so it's been a journey also in like being okay with wanting the safety that um, being in good financial standing provides. Absolutely. I mean, coming from a public health, health, nonprofit background, um, where I was in that industry for 15 years, it was a challenge to figure out how much I charge for things. Because on this side, you know, you can, you have endless earning potential, but you have to factor in, you know, your retirement and the Wi-Fi and rent and like all these things have to go into this rate. And so that was a hard thing to do, like to get to a point where people would pay me thousands of dollars to talk for an hour. I'm like, wait, I'm sorry. My rational side is like, this doesn't make any sense. Like you could do so many things with this money. The other side of me is like, you know what? You work hard for it. Like, as I'm interviewing you, I'm in my closet, and I have lots of clothes, and this is one of two closets. (laughs) And I love to shop, and I'm able to shop. Not as much right now, but I deserve it, right? So I had to do um, uh, kind of a a reset on that. And the way I was able to reset that is that when it comes to capitalism, I'm using my power and privilege for good. And I say that all the time. But that is what I'm doing, you know, because yeah. um, I'm able to get into some spaces and say some things that um, I wouldn't if I was still obviously in public health, but some things that will change the perspective of those individuals and leaders in the room um, yeah. to treat us better. You know, people of color, marginalized communities, women, disabled, like, and that is like one of the best one of the best privileges. <laughs> yes. And I think like one of the most transformative uh, things we can do is change our thinking to both and, right? 
Yeah. So, tell, tell people about the both and. It's really about how two things that are seemingly opposite can coexist together, right? And that's how we get out of the black and white thinking. That's how we start to really understand the complexities of this world, right? There, Someone can, you know, for example, navigating capitalism. Like capitalism can do very damaging things and existing within the framework of capitalism can also give us the opportunity to create big changes in our communities, right? And so starting to look at things as how do we really take advantage of the things that we can change, right? right? So that it can create a ripple effect in the world. Mm -hmm. We cannot create change and think we're like creating love if we're being hateful people. No, that doesn't, it does not work that way. Right. So we can be loving and we can also, um, and we can also have boundaries, right? And we can also say no. And I think that as women, as women of color, we're constantly told to violate our own boundaries mm-hmm. and that we can't say no. And then somehow we're less than if we, you know, or we're a bitch if we decide to set those, right? Versus white men, that's just what they do, right? It's so normal. It's who they are. Yeah, um, accepted. I exactly am a bad bitch, which I love, uh-huh. but I don't want to be like a bitchy bitch. I don't want that at all. But I'm yeah. very set in my ways with my boundaries and um, saying no. I think the both and or, you know, take removing the butt yeah. <laughs> and putting and instead yeah. can be incredibly powerful and, and freeing to understand. Just, yes. just the, it's just a different three letter word that you're putting into the, um, the overall equation. Yeah, so it's a short coaching moment for all your listeners, Akila. <laughs> Try the both and. It really does change so much to mm-hmm. just do that one simple thing. Yeah, that's a quote. Both and. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exclamation mark, period. <laughs> yep. To have that there. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I hear you. We are designed, particularly as women of color, as Latinx women, as black women, to always have to do the thing, taking care of the work thing, taking care of the family thing, blah, blah, blah. And we're not necessarily taking care of ourselves. And as this, when this airs, we'll probably still be in some form of shelter in place or, um, you know, something new and exciting is coming up with novel coronavirus um but this is actually a really good time to practice the both and and those boundaries because you're either sheltering in place alone sheltering in place um sheltering in place alone and having to like ask for help or communicate in a different way for like connection um so you have to be more clear in the, the boundaries and the ask there or you're sheltering in place with um, a partner, roommate, family, and figuring out, you know, what you, what you need. And I also feel the the both and along with getting to help being with setting boundaries is something that helps with, you know, how people are having to figure out what control means on their lives now during coronavirus, but also in general. So you can have I'm again a Virgo, so I do like control <laughs> of things, but there's <laughs> there's healthy ways to have control, and that can come from you know those boundaries, saying no, and the both and. Yes, and I think you know this may be true for you, and it's certainly true for me. We want to figure out the big picture so we know how we're going to control for the small things to get there, right? right. Yeah, um, and the big picture for. Um, this pandemic, it's not very clear. Mm -hmm. And that makes me feel so out of control. So like I was saying earlier, it's just about saying to myself, like, this is a good time to surrender. And surrendering doesn't mean like I lay in bed and 
and cry or that I become um, someone who's in denial, it means that, okay, this is the time to work out. This is the time to be artistic. This is the time to cook, right? And this is also a time to be very aware of our blessings. I don't play the oppression Olympics and I'm also really aware of my privilege because of where I come from, right? Because of the journey I've had of a lot of hardship and a lot of hurt and a lot of work on my mental health, right? And so I wouldn't be here if I hadn't had over 10 years of um, therapy. I think it may be actually almost 20 years at this point, right? And I'm not ashamed to say it. I am proud. I am blessed. I'm so lucky that I have a therapist who's been with me almost those almost 20 years. And so it's really important for me to stay grounded in that and to practice as much self-care as possible. And it isn't easy. It really isn't, right? Because, God, I want to be watching 16 hours of the next great British baker. Like, that show is my life. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, I want to do that every day. And instead of, like, working hard to keep my mental health going, but I do have a responsibility to myself and to my family and to my community. And so I got to figure out how to utilize my privilege and the fact that I live in a good home, that I have, I'm safe, you know? Um, The first few weeks I thought a lot about like the hurt of other people and, you know, people who may find themselves in domestic abuse or domestic Mm -hmm. violence or children, right? As someone who suffered um, child abuse, that is like something that really is hard for me and yeah. so then I was I was watching some show Tila, and it said like when I was like it was either no I was reading a book and it said once you figure out once you stop being the general manager of the world you'll find some peace <laughs> oh wow yeah <laughs> right and I was like that is true and you know that's when I have to like acknowledge that I do have a little bit of a savior complex and that I can't save the world if I'm not saving myself and taking care of me. So I can't go and get every single baby out of a domestic, you know, violent situation, but I can advocate and take care of me so that I can continue to do the work that I do. So hopefully one day they know that it is possible to heal. Yeah, absolutely. And um, thank you for talking about mental health. It's super important. Obviously, I talk about it all the time. I love my therapist. I see her every week. Ugh, well, we're either on the phone or video chat now every week. But um, <laughs> I was uh, very passive aggressive with her. I'm like, um, we need to video chat. <laughs> I cannot talk to you on the phone. I need to see your facial expressions. I need you to see mine. Um, I just add some more. So we do that now but um you know it's typically it's it's very common for people adults who had some type of trauma in their childhood to want to save the world Mm -hmm. right and save everyone and I definitely as like a, a someone who's studied health um my whole career I've always wanted to change the world (laughs) like the entire world um and it's not my responsibility to do that the only responsibility I have is how I show up in the world and you know doing what I can do in my capacity it goes back to a little bit of the control thing but it also is the boundaries you know they are the boundaries around how I could do my part for um you know changing the world um because it's yeah, it could be too much. And then you could spiral. You can, like, go down a whole mm-hmm. rabbit hole. My therapist doesn't like when I do a rabbit hole. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just put, I just dipped, like, a toe in the rabbit hole. I didn't do, a, like, a full-on deep dive. But um, I think it's really important that for, for people who are in therapy or they're dealing with you know, residual stuff from some type of trauma or, or mental health um, things that it is really important to listen to your mind, body, spirit, and soul. Yeah. So some days you are going to 
watch your favorite baking show. Some days, do. Right. And some days you are going to, you know, think about making a million dollars. I do this for my bed, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Or for my couch. Um, but knowing to shut down is important, especially now as we move into this virtual state. I've had times where I'm like Zoom call after Zoom call after Zoom call. And I'm like, I need to stop. I can't do any work yeah. now. I need to just take a break or um, I'm feeling very isolated or just depressed from the fact that I have to ask for help to get my prescriptions, my um, groceries. Like I can't run errands and do all this other stuff. And so I have to like ask for help, which is hard for me to do, but I've been able to do it. Um, But even in the process of asking for help, some people will straight up let me down. You know, because Mm -hmm. it's like they don't come at the time that they're supposed to or now they can't do the thing and they don't realize like they are a lifeline. (laughs) Right. And it was hard for me to get to that point. And then I'm like, if I didn't have a heart condition, I would just hop in my car, fucking go to the grocery store and then get what I needed and not be, you know, let down. So in those, that's all to say, in those moments like that, then I will revert and, you know, to myself um, today. um, a CBD soak was sent, which I'm really excited about because I have one that's great, but it was a limited edition and it's running out. And I feel like I should save that for the worst and or best days. I don't know where I'm going with that. But this new CBD soak, I hope it works so that I have like a new um, supply. But I think it's really important in general to just not to necessarily always feel like you have to fight the emotions, to feel like you have to do this thing or show up for this person or do work. It goes back to those boundaries of when, you know, you do need to say no to something or some Mm -hmm. person. And I think it's also really good to be forgiving of ourselves, you know, and to give ourselves as much grace as possible. I, I have really struggled with anxiety the past three, four weeks since this started. And I think you and I sheltered in place pretty much at the same time. We did. Uh, which we was much earlier up. than everyone else. Yes. It uh, it was March 12th. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, because my flight got canceled um, mm-hmm. to go to LA because an event got canceled. That's when all the cancellations started. Well, the cancellations started on, on, on that Monday because I was supposed yeah. to be honored by Tipping Point, you know, and then that was canceled. Mm-hmm. And then I was like making phone calls, emails that day, phone calls the last day of, this, of our opening retreat. Yeah. Like, I don't think we're going to be able to get together again. And then they were like, well, we'll see. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. And then, you know, moving to f- figuring out how to move an in-person fellowship to, you know, virtual. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it started, you know, what, five weeks, I think now, four weeks. And um, I wasn't able to function, Akila. I couldn't think of anything else but disinfecting my house. I have felt sense every single symptom, right? Like I am a true hypochondriac and I, it's been really hard to function and to get up and to do work. And so I say to myself, if you send one email today, you will have been successful. And that's where I'm coming from. I, I, I think that sometimes we have to be really forgiving. I think that it is absolutely impossible to expect that in stressful times like this one, that we are going to be able to function as though it's business as usual, right? And so I think it's also modeling that for other people. Um, yes. I mean, I've had to do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So I think we have it together. <laughs> I mean, this Somewhat this week is, is for sure better for me I similar to you after we um you know immediately basically sheltered in place after the the opening retreat for the fellowship I was like holy shit how's my business gonna make it through Mm -hmm. this thing like I don't want to apply for a loan to be further in debt than the debt I'm already in I am I gonna lose my clients what does this mean so I had a solid week and a half or two of like that type of spinning. Um, And then I have a team of people that rely on me for their lives, right? So that was an additional layer 
of pressure. And then it was like, I'm by myself. What does that mean for me? Like, who am I going to see? When will I be hugged? Um, I can't leave the house. So that for sure was like going into, I have uh, severe depression or major depressive disorder, as mm-hmm. many people know. So I definitely went into that. So I'm at a higher state of depression um, right now. So then I was like, okay, well, what can I do to address that? Even though, you know, I'm in weekly therapy. And one of the things, honestly, was like, you know, acceptance, <laughs> right, um, of the situation. Not coming from my therapist, but for me. And then, you know, realizing that life is not going to be ideal at the moment, but there's other ways to do things. So the talks and events I do, I can, you know, pivot. That's the, you know, Pee-wee's Playhouse word of the day. <laughs> um pivot and uh you know do webinars and virtual things and virtual events I can do an Instagram live once a week and and see if people will come and just talk to me I go on virtual walks with my sister and our dog that we share and I'm like watching the dog take a walk and it's like exciting I can open the window and smell the air I can enjoy the air when I take the trash outside um and reminding myself that this is temporary mm-hmm even though it's a, it's going to be very long, very long temporary. Um, yeah. But the biggest thing that has come out of this is that I have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I was telling my therapist, I'm like, I am vulnerable because I tell everyone about my heart condition and major depressive disorder, and I was screwed, and this is how I felt. And, you know, I've cried in front of people. I've been vulnerable. And she's like, okay, so... Have you asked someone to get you groceries? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you know, and then like figuring out like, you know, is there someone who I feel safe enough to come visit me, you know, time to time and, you know, figuring out all of those types of things or who can I talk to on the phone and say like, I need this from you. Like, you know, yeah. that type of shit. So it goes back to, you know, pretty much how we started, you know, spirituality, right? <laughs> and some um, some soul searching that is happening at this time. I will yeah. say, um, I was on a, a Zoom, like, happy hour, you know, gathering thing. It's like an invite-only group that I was added to. And they had a chef to put together this charcuterie board and you can do it at home if you wanted to. I didn't. I was in my robe. My hair was wrapped and I just like was chimed in because I was doing it to like be my normal self, which is a hustler connecting who's on the, you know, whatever. And we went into breakout groups to talk about like, who are you quarantining with? Okay. Before I go further, no one in California is in quarantine Unless you were in contact with someone who had yes. COVID-19. All of New York, New Jersey, they are on quarantine because everyone has it there, right? <laughs> but quarantine means you had interaction with or you came yes. from another country and you're, you know, isolating yourself for 14 days. We are sheltering in place. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Then um, who you're sheltering in place with, you know, what you do and like how you're staying positive. And so everyone goes, I'm the only black person on this entire event. Uh. And then I'm obviously so the only black person in this group. So I was last and I intentionally because everyone was like, I zoomed um, or I'm with my family and or, you know, I'm I it's just me and my kid, but the kids in the Airbnb, it's time for, you know, the kid to be an adult that like Airbnb on the property and um, just enjoying the time with my partner. We're cooking. Uh, we have acreage. So we're able to like, you know, walk freely and safely at our home. And um, me. Hi, my name is Dr. Akila because I always like to throw that out with white people. And I'm in Oakland in an apartment by myself. And I have a heart condition. So this is a challenging time, you know, for me. And then reminding people what quarantine means and reminding people to lead with um, kindness and compassion. But um, if you may be annoyed by your, 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 
person you're sheltering in place with, just yeah. know that there's people who are alone. And also, when you're able to go back outside, it may be a delay for me to go back outside because of my condition, you know? So just like yeah. little like fun facts. But here I am, a way to like connect and talk to people. I I got off the call after that. I was like, this isn't serving me, you know, in any way yeah. because I can't with these rich white women. I will take your money. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But it's just, you know, so many people in this time, so many people in general, but so many people in this time right now are leading with themselves. They're very focused on themselves. Um, mm -hmm. And to a certain extent for you to, you know, have your boundaries and be safe. Sure. But you still have to lead with compassion. You still have to be kind. Exactly. And I think it's also just so important to remember that while we may not necessarily directly be in mourning, mm -hmm. right? Our world is in mourning. Right. There are many people who unexpectedly lost, are losing still, right? Family members. And so to be respectful of that as well. And mm -hmm. like I said, some of us are privileged, right? And have more blessings um, mm -hmm. than others. That doesn't mean you need to be like, my life's so hard, I'm like on a ranch, you know? Right. Um, well, you know, this is people, really challenging. I, some people are losing their second home. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's rough. Yeah. Or their people third. Losing their jobs left and right. <laughs> no. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's that. It was so everyone, you know, is kind of experiencing it differently. But um, I will, I will say that, you know, everyone handles stress differently. Ever, everyone handles trauma differently. So some yes. people may be shopping excessively because they can do that or they'll feel the mm. repercussions of that later. Some other people may be very like to themselves. Some other people may post some shit that doesn't make sense. You know, like everyone yeah. is kind of doing their, their thing. But getting back to you, how do you celebrate the little ones? Um, I stay really grounded in what's important, right? Which is my family. And whatever little wins come, it's really about like celebrating, making sure that that is all in line with um, my priorities. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's, you know, just giving myself a little cheer, mm -hmm. um, treating myself to something special but I always say that my number one thing of celebrating little wins is I cook dinner for my family um, yes when I have got new jobs um when I got my first check from my own business um it always comes back to how can I celebrate it in community with the people I love the yeah. most um and I do I think you know I know I'm really good at what I do I know I have the skill set and I know that it takes people being able to see my vision to believe in what I do and my family does and my friends and colleagues do. And so everything that I get to do and be is because they're, they're supporting me. So I have to turn back and support them. And I also find it really important to give back, you know, whatever, little amount I can give to organizations mm -hmm. or uh, support people. Uh, there's a project I did where I was lucky enough to be able to hire people from different backgrounds and people who may not necessarily have um, mm -hmm. the ability to work in this country legally, right? So like being able Power to... Be, for good. <laughs> yeah, being able to like do that, that's a huge privilege, right? And so then I got to turn around and figure out, because I wish someone at some point would have done that for me. And luckily I had many people who did. I love it. I also love how you celebrate in community. That's very on brand for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I love that you're framed by your golden balloons for your recent birthday. <laughs> it's yeah. so cute. You should make sure you take all the selfies and you should post it. Right. <laughs> you should post a picture 
because it's it's very cute, particularly with the yellow contrasting vault. Like it's very listen, it's a great oh, picture. Do it. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to um, chat with me today. Um, thank you. I always enjoy talking to you, and obviously, I look forward to continually working with you. We're not. We've only just begun. So this is just, you know, the tip of the iceberg, my friend. Oh, absolutely. Wow. I always tell what did I, I remember when we interviewed all the tipping point um, fellowship applicants, I always said, I saw her, she saw me and we knew we were meant to be. Oh, that's right. You did say that. And the first time you said it, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, the feelings and emotions. I'm, I'm yeah. incredibly honored to uh, witness this journey of yours. And again, yes. don't forget me when you're, you know, Never. president of I, Mexico. As you know, I love community and I love my people. Yeah. So I will always give back. You should. And I, I don't and also, doubt that you won't. <laughs> can I just say we can celebrate? Well, up, up until this pandemic, I was slated to make the most amount of money I've ever made. And quite a bit. You still can. You still <laughs> hey, can. I think it's going to happen. Now, it, oof, that brings me so much joy. That is wonderful. Mm-hmm. That is really great. And you yeah. have more flexibility than you've ever had before. <laughs> exactly. And so much more joy. And mm-hmm. I think that if we create that in our lives, then we have more to give, right? So we do. I'm so, so grateful for you and for every, every single person who has just helped me get to this point and supported me. I've always known that we can't do any of this alone. You know, it takes a whole village and Absolutely. with the handful diet that I am, it definitely takes a village. <laughs> you're, you're not, you're not a handful. I can guarantee that you are just affirmed in your passion and purpose and you do it well. So thank you again. I'm a true Aries. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again. And um, thank you. Keeping amazing. Thanks for listening to the Change Today podcast. You can learn more at changekaday.com. That's the word change and today like cadet, C-A-D-E-T or follow Change Today or at Change Today podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, comment and share. I'm a black business y'all and I appreciate it. Thanks for listening.